I can tell you that um, I'm so glad that we plan all of our uh, podcasts so well and it's so scripted because yep. otherwise I wouldn't know what to talk about. Oh, we're just we're we're meticulous. We we show up same time, same place, uh, same day every week. Uh, without fall, we we've got like oh years of research in a week. We we, we do such uh, nothing's off the cuff. It's all it's not all well well planned. <laughs> nope. And anybody Certainly who believes that, lip. welcome to the podcast. Yep. And welcome to your first episode. <laughs> and if you do believe that, I want to play poker against you. Yes, poker, please. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> all oh, right dear so me. we did this Chaos. a little while ago uh when i was traveling and i'm traveling again so here i am in a hotel you'll notice some sound quality degradation but i'm sure my friend marshall will be able to help us out with that because he is a freaking magician <laughs> but don't yeah. judge him too harshly on this one because i'm not using a, a proper microphone i'm actually only using my uh, headphone microphone that i have with my wireless headphones so it was the best one i could mm. find i'm sorry marshall <laughs> there we go oh goodness we're doing a whole alien series in season three by yeah. the way guys so if you like yeah. aliens this is the season to listen to it's uh, gonna be this... interesting. yeah yeah oh actually we've started a bit early what do we need to do what's that start the podcast This is a good episode for people to come along to first because, you know, we did a really short intro. We're pretending that we're, the, uh, we're professionals. <laughs> the music uh, beam, beamed us up to another another place, took us into a happy happy mood. Do, 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 do. Um, we are. We are definitely not as organized as we want to be at this, but this is the whole point. And, and if you had listened from season one, potentially you can go back and have a listen. That's the beauty of podcasts. Uh, yep. We always wanted this to be something that we could fit into our lives and not to stop doing because we can't fit it into our lives. So we are a little bit ad hoc. I say a little bit. Season two, I think we were a lot more organized. We kind of, we started off ad hoc. Season two was a, bit more organized season three is being less organized season four will be the most professional podcast you've ever heard i mean That's potentially, gonna happen. Yeah. so yeah, yeah. the reason why these things happen is because we have something called real lives and unfortunately they get in the way of us making these really cool podcast stories when we start <laughs> making millions of dollars making podcasts everything is going to be much more organized <laughs> until that point not very season four. here we come here we come season four we're ready we're ready for our millions now Fine. but I, I i think the beauty of this conversational podcast is that we get to be a little bit we don't, we don't even know what the end of the conversation is going to bring and 
I do oh, yeah, want to make spin off sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I do want to make something very clear because I did think that potentially there was an option. And this was on previous podcasts. Uh, I do not condone guns uh, for shooting each other. I don't think that's a good thing or uh, or any of that stuff. So don't uh, don't think that. I just was saying that the problem in America is much bigger than than we can perceive it's here. It's complicated. Yeah, it's not just take take guns away from people. There's a lot more political and personal things to overcome. I learned very, very I learned so. a lot from that conversation. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do agree that it would be a better world if we didn't have the guns and if children weren't dying in school. So if you guys are out there, and I, and I, I genuinely say this, if you think that uh, shooting kids in a school is going to make anything better or, I don't know, something you feel like you need to do, just go and talk to somebody about it and tell them straight up and then, you know, do something about it. I don't know how many yeah. Americans we have listened to this podcast, but you seem to be the lion's share of the people who fall into that trap. And, the, you know, there is the option of leaving your country as well. If you don't think it's right for you and you can't work within that system, other countries will accept you. It's okay. But don't come and shoot our kids. That's, that's not the right. That's not what I'm asking you to do. Anyway, you guys get it. So. Yep. That being said, I haven't heard of another a school massacre this week. Have we have we gotten a week without one? Or am um, I just not informed? I think you're just optimistic. Well, I would be I would be very happy to hear that I wasn't ill informed yeah. in that one. That being said, I am on travels myself. I'm out and about in the world. I'm in a place in Australia called Melbourne, Victoria. And I am doing the podcast from here uh, for, you know, just so we can get one out. And uh, General has the day off in the UK because uh, they've got some and sort of holiday. public holiday. Yeah, there you go. So that's very good. Public holidays are always good fun, aren't they? They are. Now, General ensures me he's impressive. got a new segment for, for this podcast, which we'll chuck in at the end there. And uh, yep. we're going to start off with our quick fire topic um which we haven't planned at all so don't worry <laughs> i did i did want to retouch on um alien care we spoke about it a little bit a couple of episodes ago but i did want to just touch on alien encounters a little bit uh i'm sure they've touched on you <laughs> <laughs> that's bad so yes. i wanted to talk about uh, crop circles did you know? Yeah, do you know about crop circles? I don't know how much you know about them. I've been, I, when I was a child, I was so into alien encounters and people who had seen aliens and crop circles and spaceships that would come down. And I just thought it was the most yeah. interesting thing. And I used to watch all of the documentaries about it. And I used to watch all of the things. And you know, your parents roll your eyes at you, but I just thought it was so interesting. I don't. Yeah. specifically have any thoughts that that has happened yet or that okay. uh, cows have been mutilated. I don't know anything, right? I'm not saying that that happened. Okay. Just saying that when I was a kid, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> so, so the UK but, had quite a lot of them, to be fair. 
surprisingly so. or, or yeah we, and it always captured my imagination but one thing that always i found weird about them was the lack of burning or the lack of singeing in the areas everything was always compressed or like removed it was never like like some heat source had been there and that always yeah, yeah. made it a little bit weird there's some great patterns though honestly google image search just crop circles and they the amount of time that's gone into some of those designs whether they're real or fake i'll leave that up to you to decide but um, i'm willing to bet that I'm my children that. don't know what a crop circle is that's Do you know what i was just thinking it. the same thing i don't think i don't think my kids generation would know what a crop circle is to be fair it's not something that's cropped up <laughs> now put me out my misery crop circles up. <laughs> we're just punny today aren't we? um oh dear. so crop circles were exposed as in some cases as fraud fraudulent uh yeah the demonstration of how to do them with the sort of crop break pressed down on the crops and it folds them over into a thing and rah, rah, rah. It's amazing what the mind will do when they see something, do you know? (laughs) Like what people used to say about, oh, but they're just folded so perfectly and there's just no damage to anywhere around them and all, and like all that kind of crap. And it's like, you're just seeing what you want to see. And when somebody questions you, you just make up something to, to come along to the party. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody did any scientific testing on them or any of this. Like there was some, and there was Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've seen people walking around with little bits of like coat hanger in their hands. And those stick, those metal sticks were spinning towards each other and away from each other. Like they were trying to find water. Do you know what they're I've seen called? Lots of scientific tests. No, I don't know what they're called. I probably did. Uh, I don't know. Wearing sticks, I think they're called. And oh, okay. effectively, you can have uh, two or one. Yep. Um, and they they started off being wood. This is a bit of a side. This is how it happens. Oh, new yeah. people to them. Okay. Um, but originally they were wood, and this is this is not. This this actually is such a deep topic. It may not fit into the time frame, but let's keep going. Uh, so the wood wearing sticks, or <laughs> that may not be the right word, but let's just call them that for now. Uh, you sort of had okay. like a pistol style stick, and what you did was you held the the stick out in front of you, and when the stick pointed at the ground, that's where the water was. Right, that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah, they had. Oh, I remember those. Like a Y shape with a little point. Like you point the thing of the Y shape to the direction you're going. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So they. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. And they would find the water by the thing pointing the ground. And then later on, metal ones came around and such like this. But this isn't something that just like was made up on a farm once, right? This is. It's not just a small thing. This was a massive business. People actually used to be professional, we'll call them professional weirers or, or whatever, uh, okay. and you used to hire them to come to your farm and look for the water. Wow. Okay. This, is, this is like it wasn't just like nothing. This like some made-up story, your grandma, and they would muck, muck around on a farm. This was actually a, a business, and there were like quite famous 
people who did this in, in the day and you would order them in to come and find water on your property, right? So they, yeah, there were okay. people that were potentially good at doing this. Now, whether <laughs> whether it was the sticks or they just kind of knew how to find water on land and made it look like it was the sticks so nobody figured it out, I don't know. But this was a, a real thing. So if you – and then, then they did it for mining, so they'd want to find like copper or gold or metal or things underground. It was done for that. And it was also done for um, oh, like finding the magnetic lines along for, you know, more spiritual things. So – yeah, it was a really big thing. If you actually look up some information about it, as I said, we don't have much time in the in the short topic to, to go into how deep that conversation is because there are there was groups and there's people who still do it today as a business. So there you go. If you want to get some water, find some water or some metal or gold, these people will come and kind of walk around on your property with a bent stick and uh, tell you where all the gold is. So sounds pretty yeah. fun. Anyway, going back to crop circles, <laughs> a bit of fun there. Well, uh, they walked around the crop circles, and wasn't it something to do with detecting magnetic? Thing or I can't. I I don't know why they would why they were walking around, but I remember watching all these documentaries in the nineties, and there would always be someone with these two little metal rods, sort of in their hands, twirling around, sort of spinning to collect together and further away from each other and stuff. Yeah. Can't that wasn't that. for crop yeah. circles, though. That's just to find water and stuff. No, it was. It was in. Um, it was for it, these journalists, these paranormal journalists, and these. Uh, they they were walking around with them in the so, in the crop circles. The whole idea of paranormal research is that you use um, unusual methods to find things that otherwise you wouldn't find. Yeah, like true. they. They use radio to to listen, like they frequent they go up and down the frequency on a radio to find voices being projected from <laughs> from the spectral plane. And they I use do that candles my car all the time. And salt. Um, because yeah. they believe that salt has this magical property that if if Purification. I know where that comes from. Yeah, well that could be the wicked stuff, but the salt, you know, you might see footprints in. I mean, if you've played the game, um, oh, what's it starts with P? What's it? Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Phasmophobia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. With in VR, mind you, my God, that game in VR. What? <laughs> if you haven't been scared in your life, play Phasmophobia in VR. It's so scary. It's almost as scary as Five Nights at Freddy's in VR, if I'm honest. Okay. Mechanical teddy bears jumping at you. Yeah, that's terrifying, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I play Phasmophobia with my friends, and they play on PC, so they can just, like, use the keyboard and mouse. And I play on VR, so I won't go in the house. I'll just stand on the outside. <laughs> So I'd like look through the windows and like shine torches through the windows and nope. stuff. <laughs> nope. Not going in. Nope. <laughs> it's so funny. But I'm I did say I'm so afraid of that game. It's crazy how bad it is for me. And like 
what happens is the game gets really pissed off at you because you won't go in the house. So if you like peek your head in the door, it like shuts the door on you. Hmm. Like it won't let you, it won't let you back out again. It's it's like a really sneaky game. <laughs> so oh. I'm scared just thinking about it to be honest. So yeah, they use weird methods to look up supernatural and paranormal things because otherwise you'd just see them walking around all day if you just use normal methods, right? So you have to use yeah, yeah. unconventional things that you wouldn't normally use to pick up these unusual signals or, or messages from beyond, so to speak. I don't see why a crop circle would be made by a ghost and you know, or a paranormal thing, but, I mean, I'm not an expert in crop circles, if I'm honest. I just know about them. <laughs> well, yeah, the UFO could be a ghost UFO, an uh, alternate dimension UFO. Yeah, there was different types of crop circles too. I remember they used to do them in like yeah. cornfields, but there was uh, like dust crop circles and and ice crop circles and different things like that cropped up around the time. So yeah, crop circles yeah. interesting, huh? Well, of course, I do believe that crop circles are fake. I don't know why. They're very mathematically would... amazing, though. That some of the designs are so complicated and yeah, well, they'd have to like be if you crazy. wanted to do that. So, let's say, for instance, you wanted to draw a pattern into a wheat field, you would have to work it out pre the. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't just be able to walk out into a wheat field, start making nice circles, and it would all work. You'd have to work out what you were doing. So there'd be some yeah. element of design in it because of your uh, the just the nature of having to do it. But I just I don't know. Does that look like the body of a of a spaceship? Why would the spaceship have like weird bits everywhere? Yeah, I mean, I it could be spaceships. That, I'm not going to say it's the not thing that spaceship. gets me though is drones weren't really that popular if at all around in the early 90s when this exploded as a as a thing so how well, you really get these things so, yeah but how do you get these things so accurate from above orienteering you just use compasses uh, yeah, it's really really something uh, it's oh, very impressive like massively impressive definitely i think we can applaud the people who did them because they do look yeah good. yeah um, oh yeah but, and it was often the farmers who needed some like publicity for their farm would yeah. uh, hire the people to come and do it. You, they actually, you can hire people to come and make crop circles for you now. Oh, I just need to get a field full of crops now. <laughs> I saw a TV show on it, and the guys were on the TV show. And they said, What do you do? And they go, We make crop circles. <laughs> That's like what they do, their business. Um, was making crop circles. So, is that their go. million dollar idea? It seems to be paying off. Well, yeah, well, I don't know if they made a million, but definitely an interesting job, isn't it? There are people in the world who make skate parks. I actually met a group called Convict here in Australia who make skate parks for a living. I think that's a cool wow. job. Yeah. Like they made this really cool one down the road for me. I asked for a wall ride. They didn't make one, but I wanted one. <laughs> I was part of the design group that was 
queried on what they what we wanted in the in the design. Somehow they ended up making the bowl. So you we talk about drones and how they would see the crop circles from above, right? And it's all like swirls and lines and swirls and lines. Somehow they made this skate park with a giant twelve foot circular bowl and then sort of an a long a long sort of phallic style bowl next to it. So if you look down from space at this bowl, it's literally just a giant cock of balls <laughs> and it's pink. <laughs> I don't know how they got okay. away with it. They genuinely made a giant cock of balls <laughs> skate park. I just don't know how they did that. Um, wow. And if you want to look it up, wow. look up Bado Bay Edsack Skate Park on Google. Do it for me now, just so everybody doesn't have to do it at home. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. So B A T E A U. Wow. Ed Sack is E D S A C Skate Park. There you go. Yeah. Images. You can't they gotta get a top gotta get a bird's eye view of it. Yeah. Have you got a bird's eye view of it yet? Oh yeah, yeah, I got it straight away. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a giant penis, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Interesting colour choice too. Yeah, it's dead set skin colour. <laughs> How, so how did they do that? <laughs> oh, yep. There's a, there it is, right there. Bado Yard. I'm sure from Convergence. Yeah, because they would have designed this park from this angle. Yeah. Maybe they thought it looked like a shoe. They must, they must have drawn it out on paper and gone, yeah, we'll just stick that there and it'll it'll look like something else when flat, but when you're above, you'll see what it is kind of thing. <laughs> no idea. Beautiful. There you go. From crop circles to skate parks. I love there it. There you go. That's how, we, that's how we merge the topics here. Now, talking mm. about merging topics and fixing sound, uh, we need to give our sponsor a bit of a plug here. Do you want to go first? You can give him a plug for once. I always talk him up. Well, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> MarshallProMusic.com. <laughs> this is why he's, I he's always... Doing what he it. does. Just so, just so we're aware, everybody, this is why I always take over at this point. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of put on things. Okay, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. All right, go, go. Go, go. Oh. We'd like to take a moment to appreciate our sponsor, MarshallProMusic.com, for all your editing and audio needs. If you need a testimonial, just listen to this podcast. If you want to hear a sample, just reach out, get in touch, and Marshall Pro Music will get in touch with you, just like our aliens. <laughs> that was a good... That's better. That's that's that sounded very Marshall, to be honest. There you go, Marshall. You didn't even have to do one yet. Um, but here he is. He'll tell you all about it. Marshall. Be the me Marshall. 
Don't touch me there. We'd like to take a moment to appreciate our sponsor, MarshallProMusic.com for all your editing and audio needs. If you need a testimonial, just listen to this podcast. If you want to hear a sample, just reach out, get in touch, and Marshall Pro Music will get in touch with you, just like our radio. Thank you, General. MarshallProMusic.com Well, there you go, eh? Ow. That is... That is the My ears uh, were abducted to heaven. Amazing. I, I I know we had done a little bit of abduction before, but that was a good way to. I like crop circles. Yeah, yeah. No, I think crop circles yeah. are just a really cool idea that humans came up with. I'm sure they're not alien spaceships because I think if you're an alien spaceship, you just land in like the field next door where there was no crops because you know that it would leave a mark in the other one. Uh, yeah, that, like I said, it's like no one of those marks, no scorch marks. So I'd expect some kind of damage from the the heat, you know. But yeah, you're assuming that there is any heat, of course. Like with the communications, yeah, so. there doesn't yeah, necessarily true. have to be heat. What was our main yeah. topic? This is one general. Um, so. I know. Well, so we were we were going to talk about colonizing other planets. Colon- I, and, uh, in fact, I came up with this. <laughs> you modified it, yeah. You made um, it better. Colonizing other planets, or potentially colonizing the Earth, um, or the Earth 2, something like this. It's a very interesting idea to talk about. I think one of the main things is that depends on what type of person you are to what kind of colonization style you would enact. Because, you know, the one thing about humans is we're not all the same. No. If we went out into space and said, we're humans and we we like poetry and this and that and all the crap that that person likes, that wouldn't be representative of what humanity is like. That would be representative of what that person is like. Humanity yeah. as a whole, I mean, generally, if you've got all of the people on Earth and you, di- and you divvied up uh, them into different groups, the really nice people that would do anything and give you the shirt off their back are like 5%. And I, don't, I think that's a stretch, maybe 1%. The people who will do anything for their own family, let's go 10%. Of the world, everybody in the world. And then there's this whole 85% of people (laughs) that look after themselves and only themselves. And they will fight for the right to look after themselves. This is very, these are not real statistics. I'm just making this up, right? (laughs) It could be different numbers. I know. But from, from my experience, and if I look at the world from an outsider's point of view, like an alien. I see many countries self-absorbed with themselves. You've got Russia, you've got America, you've got England, you've got Australia, right? All very self-absorbed. And then you've got countries who go beyond self-absorbed and they seem to cut their own nose off to spite their face. You've got like China, 
and North Korea and all those places who really have a destructive nature to their to their society. They don't have a look after the world sort of and I'm and being generalistic. I definitely will accept criticism on this one because there are definitely plenty of really nice Chinese people. Um, but it's more, I'm talking about more the government style of the country. And I don't know any North Korean people. Do you know, do you know any North Korean people? Um, I have, I have met some online, um, but I have also found that Korean, uh, North and South Korean is a really hard language for translators, um, to effectively convey, uh, like, I, fi- I often find that misinterpretation is very common when using online translators to communicate with North and South Korean wait, cultures. Wait. You spoke to a North Korean online. I have done, yeah. How? They don't have the internet. Through the means of the internet. I don't know if they have just the because internet they in have- North Korea. They, they, yeah, they do. They just have very, very, very strict um, government uh, control and regimes, which they break out of. Like there is, there are pockets of people throughout the whole of North Korea that are um, watching Friends and all sorts of crazy, uh, like American culture, UK culture shows, etc. But it's illegal. But they're still doing it. There are many 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 people um subversing their country's legal online controls do you know they have 3d 3g mobile phones in north korea they have all sorts that um isn't as publicly known as well um I'm just trying to see if they have Netflix. They don't have Netflix. They don't. No, they don't. So um, they, it's um, it's through like uh, apps that are like internet apps that are like VPN, like the Tor network and things like that that they they get out through. But they would they they would be severely punished if they were caught um, using these things. There you go. Interesting. Um, North Korean way of life uh, is a very interesting one. I don't think that it's for me, that's for sure. And I, and I don't know very much about it other than, you know, what I've seen on television and what I've heard from different people that I've listened to talk about North Korea. What I do know about it is it's a very... Um, it's not a great place to live. It's what I would consider not a very good place to live because they have large amount of restrictions of movement, of technology. Um, All social networks are blocked, basically. Yeah. So no, no YouTube, no Facebook, no Twitter. Um, I'd be very surprised if TikTok, even though it's Chinese, I'd be very surprised if that was allowed. I watched a documentary on North Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, where they 
had the schools were doing this big show for King Jong-il, who was alive at the time. Um, and he was, and they did this giant show and they practiced daily for years to get this show perfect. And they did, the day of the show came along and he didn't rock up to, to see the show. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was like amazing. Like they, this quality of, of performance was well above what you would expect from the same age group. Oh, yeah. Uh, in I've, seen, I've seen some footage. I saw a documentary about um, him, his father and his son and the whole um, how, how, he, how the family became the leading power of North Korea. And it's quite crazy the level of propaganda that they actually gave the family superpowers. Like, uh, I, I, it's a, it's crazy, but you know that there there is um, a su- supernatural uh, presence about their family that is portrayed through marketing and media and presentation that gave them that step up politically that kept them in power and kept their their bloodline but what's interesting now is it's the daughter of the current ruler who's being spotlighted at the moment um and she's like the first female in the bloodline that's getting uh put across as being uh the potential next leader that you know and and that's really i find that quite fascinating because it has been men up until this point Wow, that is, yeah. I mean, and I didn't even think of misogyny in a situation such as North Korea. I, you, and often you don't, when it comes to dictatorships, worry about what sex the dictator is. It's just they're a bad person either way. Um, I think what I'm trying to say is not so much that North Korea is one way or another, but actually if you looked at the world and you saw the difference between North Korea and in Australia or UK yeah. or America, you would see that we are not one people. Yeah. You and if aliens landed there and that was their interpretation of the planet, it'd be very different from yeah, very, other very parts different. of the world. Yeah. yeah I have yeah, not yeah. enough information to, I mean, I can tell you that I don't think it's good, but I can tell you, I don't know why. <laughs> Cause I don't know enough. And I will, I will you haven't lived in that culture. Yeah, I haven't been to enough. North Korea. I've only seen like a couple of documentaries, which we all know documentaries can go one way or the other. Yeah. Whatever way they want them to go, no matter what. So I can't believe what I've seen, but I don't believe that it's a nice place to live just because I'm not free to go and come and go as I please. That's a big thing about my, what I think feel is right with the world is is the ability to come and go as you please um and i i would i would be all for a world state where there were no passports or borders yeah that would be cool but i do understand why i understand why no but it's something that i'd be interested in being a part of that's for sure so going back to our point aliens would see us like this so if we were out there in the world in the, in the space, in the universe, whatever, and we were the first person the aliens meet, what would the aliens think of our morals, but like personally? And those personal morals will guide how we colonise another planet. 
So some exec, we always use TV shows and movies. We should do a challenge one podcast where we're not allowed to bring up a TV show or movie, but it's not going to be this podcast. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see like examples of, of this is like uh, Avatar where we colonize another planet, which has an alien species on it and we want their stuff. So we try and work with them, like we say, and then we start killing them off. That's, that's one set of humanity. And, and you can't say we wouldn't do that because we've fucking done it here on the country, in, in our planet to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right? So there's that guy. There's the one that just wants to start like a commune and live with the planet. There's plenty of those people. But how long does that last for? Like we only ever think of as a as our lifetime, right? That's human human nature to only think about ourselves and how long we live for. But when so are we talking like a planet, the, are we talking the economic implications of like resources and and uh, extracting like you know fuels and food and water from from that planet? Is that no, is no, that no. what we're looking at there? No. Well, no, no. So. Uh, there's a generational issue. So I yeah. live I live for 100 years. Let's say I live for 100 years. And you live for okay. 100 years. Just a number, round number, 100 years. Easy. I know we're probably yep. like 76 or whatever, but 100 years. And we're all like-minded. So you, me, my wife, your wife, a bunch of other people, couples, whatever, um, potentially some singles, all like-minded individuals go to another planet, right? And we go to that planet and we design a way of life. And that way of life is to live off the land, look after your environment, excuse me, um, look after our environment, look after everybody the same way, give everybody equal rights, and everybody's happy with that scenario. Okay. Right? So that sounds pretty good, right? Sounds all right. Yeah, all like-minded. Everything is exactly the same. Everybody feels the same way. And then people start having kids. And unfortunately, what happens with these kids is they bring in a different mindset that previously wasn't there before. And these, I don't know why it happens with humans, but we seem to see a way of life, no matter what that way of life is, and rebel against it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's to be different from the generation before yeah. or think that we're different from the generation I'm not before. you. You know, I think it all yeah. comes down to whether or not you want to do hard work or not. Right? Nobody wants to do hard work. Let's just, I reckon nobody wants to do hard work as a hypothesis, right? And and the fact is, is that if if hard work comes into a scenario, people will try and find ways of getting out of doing the hard work, either by creating a system that makes it easier or by trying to do something faster or, or slower or whatever the solution well, may come yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft made a uh, – like um, Bill Gates is very famous for saying that he hired lazy people because they find the easiest and quickest way to get things done with the minimal effort. That was his uh, – that that was his thing back in yeah. the day, and it showed in the product. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's kind of what humans are like: is that we find ways around doing things rather than 
just doing it the same way every single time, we always try and make it better. And by making it better, what we mean is making it not as hard to do, making it easier. Um, And we, and we do that as a nat, as a natural thing. We just feel like if I got more of that done, I could get more of this done and therefore I'd have more of this and you'd also have more of that and we'd all have more and we'd have to do less of the stuff I don't want to do. Right. And then someone would come along and go, well, I've done 10 times of that, what you've done. Now it's your turn. You have to do 10 times of it, and I'm just not going to do anything for a while because that's fair, right? And then we get these little arguments happening. So how long does it last is what I'm saying. How many generations of people until it all falls down? So you can start off with the best of intentions at the beginning of the colonization, have all of these people that work together, rah, rah, rah. And it's kind of like the Amish, you know, the Amish here in in um, in America, who believe yeah. don't believe in technology the same way, and and all, the, and they use yeah. they prefer the agricultural way of living. Sure, yeah. they even have TV now. Yeah. Amish people, it's funny. There's Amish have come okay. a little. I've seen some TV shows. I don't know a lot about it. Again, just seen some TV shows. <laughs> Um, but some of the Amish have TVs. I know this, but it's the same as them. What they do when their kids turn a certain age, I think it's 16 or 18 or something like this. I don't know. They send them off into the world to go and find out about the world. And then if they want to come back, they're allowed to come back. If they don't want to come back, they don't come back kind of thing. Um, and that's kind of to, to help beat that, generational problem because what happens is that if you get these bad seeds into your colony, those seeds will infect uh, and start growing new ideas and ideas that are potentially not concurrent with the group's ideas. Things like bringing in uh, fuel-generated power or you know, well, we just use a little bit of it, then we wouldn't have to do anything. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff these seeds bring into the colony. And those seeds are born into the colony. Then it's not like somebody from the outside comes along. And, and, and as much as we'd like to say that we, if everybody was the same, then the children would be raised exactly the same. Children are bastards. They, they love to screw up your plans and make sure that <laughs> they do all the wrong things. And, and that's the question that I'm asking is, is it like, how, do you think it would be as quickly as one generation of kids that would screw that colony up? And then how long no, does I think, it take? I think yeah, you'd get like, I think you'd get at least two generations. I think... It seems to be a three generational thing to me. Yeah. Um, Before the original it seems to be a cycle. Weed out. Because no, because what happens is you got generation one who like strict, firm, set the guidelines. So generation two grows up under those guidelines, and they have a rebellious streak, but they don't they don't fully rebel. So they then are a little bit softer, a little bit gentler with generation three, who then like literally push the boat out and there's no consequences and they can get away with a lot more. And then they grow up and they're like, Oh, I'm not going to have my kids, my generation 
grow like the next generation grow up like that so it resets and they become the super strict generation then for the following generation and then it goes through again it seems to be sort of a two to three generational thing to me for how society as a whole you know there's exceptions to the rules but just sort of you know, seeing the difference, people are like, oh, you'd never get away with that in my generation. Well, it didn't exist in your generation. Yeah, exactly. And if it so did, you, 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 probably, you probably would have pushed the boat out. You probably would have, as a child, done X, Y, and Z. I remember not too long ago, um, someone complaining about the fact that children were on the phones and on the tablets and stuff. And I just thought to myself, so you're telling me, when you were their age, if you were handed a tablet, you wouldn't sit there and play with it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a fascinating device. It can do so many things that just wasn't around all those years ago. So well, I remember we can't really what compare we, it. You know. Well, we used to drive, we used to do big long drives as kids. I don't know if your father and mother or whoever uh, drove long distances, but when I was a kid, Driving long distances was a very common thing. My father used to get the idea when he got home at like four o'clock in the afternoon that we're going to the Blue Mountains and it's like a two and a half hour drive. We're going to go see if there's any snow there. We just all got in the car and we drove. And what we did for that two and a half hours was we stared out the window (laughs) at the blackness because there's no lights. It's just dark, black, nothingness that we did for two and a half hours. We learnt nothing. We heard about nothing. Okay. There was no external information into the car. It was We only had the games that we could play, like spot um, – what's the games you play? The uh, – I spy I, with I my spy, little eye, yeah, something yeah. beginning with the letter. And we'll then try and, like, the make up a comment about, like, the number plate in front, make up a funny saying or the number plate or, yep. uh, you know, potentially sing a song and there was no like uh cds or mass or mp3s or anything there was just the radio um or like a tape that you had and the radio would basically you know we'd probably listen to radio australia or something which had like stories on it things like this but nothing nothing like high level intellectual learning whereas now my kids travel and they all have an individual device and they all watch, you know, my four-year-old's into this child science show. My daughter watched like every episode of Mythbusters ever. My son looks up different ways to get himself into trouble. And, you know, Mm. one of my other daughters is really into like uh, anime and manga and stuff. And she likes to tell me how boring that, she tells me how exciting it is to her. It's what she does. Um, but they all get to do and interact with something with that technology. That When we were kids, we just stared into blackness for hours. You know, when we didn't watch television and there was no friends around, there was nothing to do. <laughs> we just stood there yep. and did nothing. Forced to talk to the people in the car. Yeah. And the people in the and the people in the car was like your sister and your mum and dad, who were you know your mum would normally be asleep if your dad was driving or the other other way around, and your sister if you started talking to her, God I got the yawns today, uh, would just you know start yelling at you basically. So I didn't think it was that great before. 
uh, we had devices in that scenario. I do think that if friends are over, that devices should be a secondary thing, not the primary uh, activity. My son has friends over and they all play video games together on PC and Xbox, which I find okay. But he does go out bike riding pretty much for the rest. If it's sunny outside, he goes out bike riding, does all that sort of stuff. So uh, I don't have any problem with devices because I think I've handled them right inside of my family, but definitely something that um, kids have been spotted for doing wrong. What was the whole point of this conversation to get you to? We're talking about generational, yeah, uh, generational rebellion, issues. how long it would take for the planet to destroy itself under different generations. And yeah, it, it took me to June. I thought about, yeah, I thought about June as well. I don't know if uh, you know the story of June. No. No? Okay, so it's a famous oh, dude. book made into dude. Yeah, 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 films. You were saying June yeah, yeah. with a J. Dude, you mean. Yeah, June. Dude. June. It's a D. Not it's not June. the month of June. Yeah, Dune. it's Dune. <laughs> Dune. D-U-N-E. Yes, big Dune. worms. Like That's tremors. Right. Big worms. That's great. I, I do know Dune, yes. Very, very well. Yeah. Um, so it's you, like... Go on. No, you go. You, you tell your colonizers. I was going to say, story. so... It, yeah, well, it reminded me of that because... Um, also, you've got the the segregation of class that would come from colonizing um, the workers and the non-workers, and then there would be, you know, the outlanders, the 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 people who'd break free and not want to live under that rule. Because originally arriving on the planet, we'd all be one happy, harmonious family. But then, as we grew, the divisions and uh, differences in political alignment would start to form, and people would want to set up their own areas of, of whatever. And then maybe there'd be some free trade. There won't be some free trade who knows, but uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking that, you know, you, you'd get little pockets of uh, like a Western town of like your local bar, your, your vehicle repair place, you know, it sort of, uh, there was a thing called defiance. There was a TV show called defiance yeah, uh, made yeah. by the sci-fi channel. Yeah. It was really, really good. Um, and it was just a rundown, like survival city where aliens and humans would mix together, and um, it would be like uh, there'd be a little marketplace, um, and there'd be raiders, and there'd be animals that they they'd have to deal with, and they'd all have to group together to keep the town like a wild west scenario. Or there was, you know. Um, uh, maybe you know, a general election for who's going to be in charge of running the, the books for the place, etc. And I watched this um, really, really good show. I really recommend it uh, called For All Mankind, which is um, basically a spin on um, the actual space race. So instead of America beating Russia, Russia beats America. It's kind of like the man in a high castle, but with um, the space Nazi Germany uh, concept and um it's really really fascinating because it covers things like equality in um both sexual and racial equality um it covers um the differences in the cultures obviously with russia beating america america had to work harder then to try and beat them at 
X, Y, and Z. And then later in the TV series, there's your uh, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, um, Amazon guy who does the private space race against the, you know, uh, the American and the Russians. Um, and then, of course, they're setting up these little space bases and there's this whole, you know, diplomacy. And if we were to colonize another planet, if we were to, I don't know, say we found a planet that we could inhabit, there'd be a new space race for which part of our planet would get to that planet first. But then we'd have no rights to stop other parts of this planet going to other parts of that planet. So would we then replicate the, uh, the the issues that we have on this planet or would we set up a new, like the International Space Station, new peaceful mixed community? And how much would we hold on to our cultures? Would our culture diffuse? Would our history be erased over generations because we're on a different planet? Yeah, it's interesting one day we'll find out where all of these neuroses come from around being a human because mm. we do find a lot of importance in our history and our culture, no matter what. Um, yep. There, in, in every generation and every uh, culture here on, on Earth, everybody thinks they're the best, right? If you talk to any mm. Greek person, they're the best. We're the Greeks. We did all. We invented maths. Blah, blah, blah. You talk to the Arabic countries. They, you know, they had Jesus and and Muhammad and all the stuff that they had. And if you talk to, you know, the Russians who, uh, you know, are very see themselves as very powerful people. America is like the free, independent state of the of the world. Africa is it sort of, you know. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Africa that I, that I can. You know, well, it's definitely one have, of the last natural preserves on the planet, isn't it? So yeah, they they have lots nature. of tribes still in Africa yeah. that live in a tribal way. So there's plenty of cultures around that people think are important to preserve. I think that potentially that is what we don't see as one of the problems that is one of the problems with our humanistic issues. Culture means uh, the way we do it, right? And it it means, and, and having to respect somebody else's culture often means that you don't follow your own. You follow theirs when you're in their space or, or vice versa. And that can be an issue for larger larger issues such as guns like we've spoken about before but also uh monetary handling greek for instance the greece uh government tried to put uh taxes up so that they could get more money and fix all the country's issues because greece was in massive debt right and so they had a vote yeah. to the people. Hey, Greece is in trouble. We need to pay off this money. How about we put some tax in? And all the Greeks were like, nah. <laughs> so yep. they didn't do it. And now they just, you know, they had this massive issue. And unlike Australia, where Australia, you know, was like, yeah, we'll just tax everybody even more every five minutes. It's more and more tax, 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 tax. And you can't... It, Australia is doing much better as an economic state than 
the Greeks, or I don't know what's happening now, but that was the state of affairs at the point in time, what I'm talking about. So you have these people who say, oh, we're better, but are they? Or are they just doing things in a way that they find acceptable but potentially wouldn't work on a global scale? If everybody did what Greece did, there'd be no money. We'd all be destitute. There'd be no import-export businesses. There'd be no businesses. It just wouldn't work. But the, the only reason why they can do what they can, they they want to do right now is because the rest of the world's propping them up. And, and you have to have all of these people in the world doing all of this. You know, you have to have the Chinese who do the cheap labor and you have to have the Indians who make everybody's clothes. You have to have the um, Australians who make all the beef and the wool. Uh, you have to have the Americans, again, doing the same stuff. Otherwise, the world doesn't work. So the people who take advantage of those cult the, those cultures but don't contribute to those cultures or contribute to the world in some other way then cause this sort of uneven idea of society. And, and people get upset about it. And people start to think, hey, why am I doing all the work and they're not doing any of the work? And then we have what, you know, the wars and things that we have here in, in our planet. Are they going to trip and, and how fast and how badly are they going to transfer to our new colonized planets? I think I'd like to stop talking about that specifically for now and actually go to what kind of colonization would you want to do? If you were to colonize a planet, how would you start your colony? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because obviously I'd like to like to go to a planet where we would have to do minimal work to to survive on that planet, as in, you know, has an environmental um similarity to this planet. You know, we can breathe there, we've got water, we can grow crops, etc. But then the downside of that is there will be indigenous animals, life forms and stuff on that planet, highly likely, because that's how plants work. Um, in order to facilitate that, they need insects and insects need plants, etc. So the circle of life. Um, if we were to take all that out and aside, um, I would like to do... Um, I'd like to live in a the sort of like the biodomes that they they have there's um certain scientific biodomes they have around the the world um the uk's got one where it's like a controlled environment with like rainforest inside it and desert inside it and like you've got all the different kinds of natural um environments that you you could be exposed to if you were traveling the world um I'd like that, but free range, like open, open world. And then for, for housing, I'd like to think that we've learned enough about out of necessity, I guess, about how not to harm the environment and work with it. I'd love to see like um, tree houses built, you know, like uh, integrated into the the forestry where you're not cutting down masses of land you you're working with the the natural environment i think that would be really nice and and like like the Ewok like food. a fresh clean slate yeah but a fresh clean slate for us i think to be honest i think 
what I'd not like to see is us basically fracking and and digging for for coal and stuff if we didn't have to you know um it would be nice to to get to that point where people are passionate about the jobs that they do because they want to do those particular jobs and and stuff and and everyone's fairly compensated because the economy economy behind it would be a neutral economy you know everyone's in it together um how long that had last before generational greed or whatever um i'd like to see some artificial intelligence assisting us i guess you know like um having some sort of hell uh system you know that, that controls laborious tasks so that we don't have to do the day-to-day monotony of those things but yeah. um yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I'd like a, as much a harmonious colonized planet. Um, the biggest problem I've got with what I've just said, though, is from a need to protect that life um, and that lifestyle. There would be no military or anything like that, or or policing. So I'd probably need some sort of agreed police plan like um in star trek where you know you've got a certain set of planetary rules that respect cultures but has has a limit you know the prime directive i think they call it yes all right yeah. well, I, well, I probably could have guessed that that's the kind of colonization that you'd want to do you yep. wonder and i think i would be very similar to be honest i find that Everybody, if you're, it's like they say in Men in Black, humans on their own are smart, intelligent creatures who have the ability to rationalize things. When you get a group of them together, they, they don't act the same. Because if, if, if it's you, you go to the planet and you work on the land and you do this and you do that, then you'll have a nice little community, right? But like I said before, if somebody is not pulling their weight, what do you do about it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like how, how do you, can uh, you yeah. do you just not think But then surely and that's the one thing I liked about Star Trek Next Generation that you don't really see in a lot of Star Trek or science fiction is the counselor sits on the bridge. You know, the head of HR yeah. is actively actively <laughs> involved in the day-to-day running of the business and not just sat in her office filing her nails or doing her morning yoga, which seems to be a common thing in HR people in this country. Um, actually, Who was the like, real the- HR on this? Like, because you've got um, whatever her name was. Deanna Troy, isn't it? Deanna Troy, yeah. But you also have Guidance. Who? Oh, I see. Yeah, see, she's more of a wasn't, counselor, wasn't she, than HR? She, she, yeah, Guinan was not HR, but no, Guinan was the real was guidance behind pub landlord. <laughs> yeah, she was the pub landlord, but fun, like you know how old she was, yeah. right? Like she's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she comes from like way before, and yeah, she like she even met. Uh, Picard when he went back in time once mm-hmm. and helped yeah, him yeah. out in like an old fashioned old English area because <laughs> that's how old she actually is. She like has lived on earth for like thousands of years. Um, 
And she's always giving like advice, especially when Q rocked up because she knew about the Q yeah, before yeah. Uh, they found out about it. And she knew all kinds of stuff that she never told anybody because she'd be like, it'll affect you too much kind of thing. So she was the one who always gave guidance to Picard and everybody when they were doing something that was potentially going to land them in hot water. And then you had Deanna Troy yeah. who was, well, she knew what you were thinking, <laughs> basically. <Yeah. laughs> she could read your but, mind. But one of those one of those is more of a therapist and one of those is the counsellor, I guess. Uh, I think Counsellor Troy is actually her title, but... She did a lot more therapy than than Guinan. She she would sit sit down and ask people questions and get them, you know, working with themselves and their thoughts, etc. She did a really good job with uh, Charles Barkley and stuff. But um, I think one thing that sort of seems to miss from space plans is like you know, you set you get space psychosis. You get like this whole locked in underground and not seeing sunlight. You know. Which was interesting, actually. Did you hear on the news about that woman who buried herself? And uh, she was like, she survived. I can't even remember how many days of... Uh, I'll Google it now. Uh, but she didn't see sunlight for the entire time. Um, and she came, uh, She broke the Guinness Book of Records, I think it was. Um, but that was interesting. And the reason I brought that up is because we have this whole... Um, uh, this whole thing of um, not seeing sunlight and uh, apparently it's meant to drive us crazy and this woman did like a good few months uh, what was it? underground Spanish Mountaineer appears after 500 days spent underground in a cave that's more than a few months that is, uh, that is that's a yeah. year and a half I thought, I, I thought that's what that is so <laughs> So that's someone I'd spent I'd send to space. That's a woman I'd send to space definitely if she can cope that long, um, with minimal contact to, with humans. Before she went, she did a cha- She started her challenge on Saturday, November the twentieth, twenty twenty one, before yeah. the Ukrainian before the Ukrainian war, the cost of living crisis, before the COVID mask requirements, and before the death of the Queen Elizabeth, uh, the second. Uh, she took. GoPro cameras with her to document her time, and she got through sixty books and a thousand liters of water, according to her support team. But she never actually saw anyone or anything. They they um they deployed these things to her, um, and then the first thing she said when she uh, was interviewed after coming out was that she was looking forward to a shower and having a plate of fried eggs and chips with friends. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So she's in the Guinness World Record thing for um, for the longest person to basically live in a cave. Live in a cave, from like people. a hobbit. But from a space perspective, that's the kind of like experiment that can yield a lot of really valuable data to us. Um, you know, uh, they say that you don't know somebody until you live with them. Um, I can remember that being true for living with friends and uni uni friends and stuff in it growing up. And you certainly see a different side of people when you live with them than you do if you socially engage with them. And of course, colonizing a n- new planet, you, you're going to be pretty stuck <laughs> with the people you're with 
So the choices of those people and the psychological the psychological tests that they need to have gone through to make sure that it's all going to work out. But then you have to go back to your generational thing. You have to think these people are great, but they're going to have to like breed or, you know, expand the colony. Um, and then the next generation comes who needs to have good teachers who can train new teachers. You're going to need good engineers who can train new engineers. You know, it's not like you can just go, I'm having a baby. That baby's going to be an engineer because that baby could be born not with an engineer's mindset or not, not yeah, the ability funny. to, we don't come or, multitasking. You know, we don't come as multitasking. Yeah. We have to be, we somehow, some point, and we don't really understand this part about ourselves yet. Develop a sense of self and what we are, what we're going to be. And yep. we, we kind of put that forward into the universe and people either accept it or they don't. If it's a generally accepted thing, like a doctor or a, or a teacher or something, everybody's like, yeah, 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 you can do that. But if you're like, I'm going to be a motorcycle sculpturist, I'm going to get old motorcycles and turn them into giant sculptures. There's not going to be a lot of acceptance of that as a career path. Even if you'd make a good career out of it, before you do it, people are going to be like, you're not going to make any money doing that. No one's ever done that before. It's a silly idea. What if you fail? Rah, rah, rah. <clears throat> so there aren't going to be a lot of people in your new colony who are going to be like, yeah, yeah, you can definitely, instead of hoeing the grass and making food, you can pursue your dream of making crop circles as a business <laughs> on this planet. I can imagine that wouldn't go down very well. In, in, what would uh, be the alien the alien version of crop circles? Like, what would humans do? We'd probably graffiti something, wouldn't we? We'd probably take graffiti cans for this, and we'd probably spray like a symbol on a rock or something. You know, if, if we were to be tricksy hobbits and go to an alien culture and sneak around and play little games on them, it'd probably be stencils and spray cans, I would have thought. Well, what would you yeah. what would you do if you were if you were in that situation? If you were being um, a tricksy hobbit? I think potentially I would be the kind of person who would try and integrate myself into whatever society that I'd see. Like if I went to a an alien world, I would, and, and they looked kind of like us, I would want to go and mingle with them, see what I could get up to kind of thing. If they weren't, didn't look anything like us whatsoever, then I would, I don't know if I'd like to hide behind the scenes, but I'm definitely like a prime directive kind of guy. I don't want anyone worshipping me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you wouldn't, you wanna... wouldn't play pranks on, on alien cultures to say we're here, but you don't know we're here. There's definitely plenty of pop culture to reference that. Like the dome was a, was a prank on humanity. Anybody seen it under the dome? Yeah, the TV Stephen show. Stephen King, where... I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it Stephen King? Yeah. Well, so the yeah, book yeah, finishes where the uh, the TV show and the book are, are fairly different, but the book uh, finishes where the dome turns out to be a prank of like a young 
Yeah. Okay. Alien, I didn't know alien that. style thing. Um, so that happens in in the in the show that uh, they find out that it's aliens at the end, but. It's actually the aliens were just screwed with the humans. There's no reason for it. It's not like it was for science. They were just like, <laughs> we'll just shove a giant dome on them and see what happens, like ants in a glass. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, there's plenty mm. of of uh, aliens screwing with us, you know, kind of thing, and potentially go back to the anal probing stuff we were talking about earlier. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, you know, why? Why? How much information are you going to get from a butthole? Honestly, (laughs) yeah. Like, and once you once you've done the whole butthole information, you you probably never need to do it again with any other human because I don't see how you're going to get in evolution cycles any more information. Like humans aren't going to change that much. Too. What did we do the first one? Oh well, we stuck a big thing up his butt and had a look in there, and then we stuck him down his throat and had a look in there. Oh, well, guess we'll just write that as our standard process for dealing processing humans now. So every time one we comes up, all these, all these billions and billions of light years in technology that can only be, only be like the, the the fathomed in the farthest reaches of your imagination. We have technology that allows us to land silently on your planet. We can we can lift people up in the air with like light, effectively. But we really need to stick our finger up your butt. <laughs> We've got Small all the price technology. I'm sure it was someone's fantasy more than anything else. <laughs> and I'm not kink shaming by all means, if that's your thing. Fair enough. But no, there's uh, nothing wrong with yeah. that. It's just, a weird, it's just a weird, weird thing to bring up. With abductions, yeah. yeah, just you'd probably keep it to yourself that bit, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think. Well, yeah, I think. Wasn't the guy in um, what was that film? Yeah, Independence Day, the crop circle farmer guy. Didn't he get abducted? And he didn't want to talk about it because he didn't like the way he'd been probed. And then he gets his own back at some point. Yeah, he. Well, in the it depends on which ending you watch, but in the ending, he, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he either flies a jet into there or he flies his biplane with missiles strapped to it in there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, home, <laughs> uh, good bit. So we did all of that about colonization. I think everybody needs to go away and think about what kind of colonists they would be, and that's going to tell you a lot about who you are today. Because if we're ever talking about aliens and, we, and you don't think we're talking about humans, um, you're probably wrong. Because we're generally, we love to relate our alien experiences back to the satire of humans and what we would do in certain circumstances. And in this case, what kind of colonist would you be? Are you going to be the avatar colonist that? takes over a planet, starts killing off the indigenous population, thinking they don't matter? Or are you going to be the kind of colonist that makes friends with them and starts a war against Earth for them to send people back and you have to go and live in a water town and this is the plot of Avatar. If anybody hasn't seen it, I'm sorry for the spoilers. Yeah. So, <laughs> new one's pretty good. I like the new one. 
Um, but it's your turn for your segment because you said you found a, seg- a new segment for us to do, General. Yes. So we'll go, we'll go before we called... do that. Before we do that, um, just going to say, how good is MarshallProMusic.com? He's pretty oh, good. Fantastic. Marvellous. Uh, he's going to leave an advert right here. Hello, it's Marsh, here again to tell you about one of the great ways you can help your business grow with the power of sound. If you own or run a business, then you will know advertising is crucial to its growth. And here at MarshallProMusic.com, we want to help you maximize that potential. At MarshallProMusic.com, we can create audio adverts for your company at a fraction of the price of most other studios. We can tailor your advert to suit all your specific needs and guarantee the best professional results recorded by recognized voice actors in the industry. If you want to take your business to the ears of millions of podcast listeners, then contact MarshallProMusic.com now to find out what we can do for you. MarshallProMusic.com, your one-stop shop for all things audio. Yes, MarshallProMusic.com is very, 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 very good. All right. So moving on to the new segment that General's going to make up on the spot and we're going to play it. No, he's he's come up with one, and yep. I don't know. What, I can't remember what it was. So let's go. You tell tell the people, General. It's called the swear off. Oh, sh- hey, can you stop swearing, please? My baby's in the other room. Oh, I'm sorry. Sh- I'm sorry. Damn it. I'm. I'm sorry. Ah, f- you. Oh, f- you too. So basically, the concept of the idea is that we make up a random word, and of course, as always, our independent adjudicator, MarshallProMusic.com, shall pick the winner. Yeah. An example of this. Yep, I'm going to make the rules now. An example of this um, is is um, Mork and Mindy. Um, in Mork and Mindy, a very famous TV program from way way back, um, Robin Williams would use the word Shazbot as his swear word um and actually doesn't mean anything it just it was just used um so the idea is to make up some dagnamit pc friendly gobbledygook to <laughs> replace the normal jiggery pokery and hullabaloo of swear words um so yeah basically we've just got to go come up with a random word or can be a two-part, it can be two words, or hyphenated even, um, to substitute a common swear. All right, so basically, we're coming up with the best not swear swear word. Basically, yeah. Something you can say with passion and file and expression, but is actually not offensive. All right, all right. Do we get any guidelines, or we just... What's what's the what? What am I using? I think you need to give us the reason why okay. I'm using the swear word. Oh, okay, okay. No, that's a good idea. So give you give you a theme. So you've just hit your thumb with a hammer while trying to nail something on the wall, like a picture frame. 
I like I, I I my personal favorite when I do that is is I say flippant. Okay. Have you ever used this one? Okay. Flippant? Not in that oh, context. Flippant, flip the flop, flippant floppies. <laughs> I've, I've used flipping hell. Flipping yeah. hell, but that's quite British, I guess. Yeah. Flipping hell. So you're okay. Is that your entry? That I'll put that in. That's fine. What's yours? Oh, wait. I'm going to go with... give you a story. I did that. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on then. A different story. So someone's just cut you off in traffic and then stopped right in front of you and you run into the back of them. Cosmic unicorn. Cosmic unicorn. <laughs> I don't think you really use that one. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good made up one. I don't think yeah, you've ever said cosmic unicorn to anybody. Well, I've, I've never been in that situation. You never know. I, I guess do. so. I guess so. I try to avoid swearing. There's young innocent ears in the car. I just, I just tell them not to copy their daddy. <laughs> so there we go. Marshall Pro Music. You get to pick. You get to pick which one of those non-swears uh, is is the better non-swear. I bet it's cosmic unicorns. <laughs> Not because it's better, more, more just because mine's more sweary. And yours, yours is uh, not very. But sweary. yeah, but then that that might win because it's a sweary. Mine's oh. a sweary substitute. We're gonna find out. So you never know. Out. We will find out. This is completely off the cuff, random. Marshall Pro Music's not expecting this. It's a, it's completely a fresh take on a on a situation. So there we go. Thank you, thank you. Settle down, everyone. And the award for this year's Swear Off What a Load of Bullocks Award goes to Flippin' Flip the Flop Flippin' Snoppies! Flippin' Flip the Flop Flippin' Snoppies! Flip Flip Flippin' Snoppies! Well, there you go. Alright, well, I think you'll find that uh, we're coming to the end of our podcast now that we've Done all of our alien abduction. We went on some tangents. I'll give you that. We'll get, uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did talk about North Korea there for a little while, which is also good. Um, I guess at the end of the day, what we really wanted to say was have a look at your life and see if you're the kind of person you'd want the aliens to meet to represent all of humanity. Because, be excellent to each other. Yeah, be excellent to each other. <laughs> I love Bill and Ted. I, I, I want you guys to uh, think about things when we talk about stuff. So if this is one of those times where you feel like you have some self-improvement to do, um, yeah, follow your own advice in, that, in this one. General, do you have any more for today? No, other than party on, Sonic. There you go, party on, General. We haven't had any listener mail for a long time. So if you guys would like to send us a listener mail, you can send us a listener mail to podcast at henryland.com. And if you'd like to get in contact with marshallpromusic.com, funnily enough, all you need to do is go to marshallpromusic.com and you'll be able to find it. .com. .com. And if you would like to see a beaver talking to people, uh, you can go and see general issues on... uh, on, on Twitch, is it? It's still on Twitch? I'm on Twitch, yeah. 
Still on Twitch. Yeah. And Twitching if you want to listen to people talk about junk for like an hour and a half, um, yeah, just listen to more of our podcasts. We have See you at the next podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. That's right. laughs> you guys have a good week. We'll see you soon. Peace out. Bye.